So, December 10th, 2020 marks 10 years since I've been on this yo-yo with my weight loss. I thought I started out when I was 390 pounds. I got down to 195 over the course of like three years. Um, three or four years. And then after my breakup, which pretty much I was doing, I was losing weight for him and for my record deal at the time. And I just felt like, I mean, this is 2000, between 2011 and 15. And, um, you know, it wasn't cool. Prior to Lizzo, it really wasn't cool being overweight. Everybody that was overweight went and lost weight. So I thought that that's what I had to do. And come to find out, nobody gave a fuck. And I was so stuck in that that I couldn't see the opportunity that was in front of me. I was signing John Legend through Motown. And there are things that I could have done better to make things go a little smoother, but when you basically are not in the right mindset, you don't have anybody that feels like family around you, you're just, you know, it just didn't feel right. And, you know, I'm not crying about spoiled milk because it is what it is, and God knows what he was doing, but after that, I went back to New York and stayed in my childhood home because my brother just had a baby, and there were some things that needed to be addressed. You know, I've been having this reoccurring sort of sadness about my my childhood, and I'm really trying to break that down and what you know, what is plaguing me, because come 2020 is supposed to be, for me, a year of complete 2020 vision clarity, like, I need to know what I'm doing, I'm about to be 35, it's just, it's time, I'm trying to get into the best shape of my life, and not for nobody but me, because right now I'm genuinely uncomfortable. And please believe, like, nobody that is overweight wants to be. And if we could choose a body, honey, we'd all be walking around here looking like Megan Thee Stallion, okay? You know what I mean? I'd be giving you a Amber Rose meets Oprah. Like, if I could have chose a body, come on. You know, and, and so I gained a few pounds. And by a few, I mean, like, 85. <laughs> and I'm just ready. A bitch is uncomfortable. Okay? Like, I look pregnant. And it's to the point where I can't even... I can't even... I used to be able to just keep it sucked in all day. I can't breathe. I'm just genuinely uncomfortable. And... Part of that yo-yoing is there's something mentally that's blocking me from pushing past the comfort of being overweight, like comfortably miserable. Like I'm eating and drinking when I'm sad and, you know, and that packs on 
pounds because me when I drink, I can't just have a glass of wine. I have to have a bottle or two. You know what I mean? And I think it's like 1,500 calories per bottle of wine. So let's just say you're drinking two or three a night. It's crazy. So the other thing that I battle with is this delusional sense of family that I have when I start. It's easy for me to fall in love or not even in love in a way that um, it's like man and woman and like, oh, we're together. I'm just talking about a sense of family because, you know, in my industry, my family's really far. I live in L.A. by myself. And that shit is lonely as fuck. And then you're around all these people who don't think like you. And it's just like, hmm. You know, imagine being yanked from your mother's womb. And then 30 days after being sent to Haiti, left there, never having that connectivity, that breastfeeding, that bonding with your mom. And then coming back and she's in an abusive situation. And then, you know, I'm getting teased miserably. I'm yanked out of this environment and then put in America. And just really never fitting in. And um, um, I think the real wanting to be accepted and wanting to be loved and the rejection that I was feeling from my young immigrant mother who was in survival mode and with a man because, you know, she thought she needed him. And she didn't want to be without and she didn't want to be homeless. And it was just hard maintaining life as a single immigrant woman with no education. You know, so, you know, needless to say, her her tactics were very brutal when it came to discipline and just overall, like, I don't think I was told I love you. I don't think I ever was told that I was beautiful or pretty. And then going from that environment to then going to school where you're overweight and you have, like... Haitian braids and ribbons <laughs> and you're like hey <laughs> can I play with you guys and you probably got an accent it's just you know it was horrible it was horrible so I find that I still am seeking that love and that acceptance and that father male figure in my life because I mean I didn't I didn't have it so naturally you know when pretty much if you have a father as a girl growing up the next man that is to look after you and to teach you and to guide you through life is your husband you know what I mean? So naturally, like, if you didn't have that father and you, you know, never experienced a healthy male relationship that didn't revolve around sex because sex is your idea of affection and then 
the uh, you're attaching the affection and love to sex because you've never been taught, you know. So, I mean, and then the alcohol. It's just Jesus Christ. <laughs> I started drinking when I was 23. We were celebrating the fact that I placed Shoot Me Down for my friend D. Smith on Little Wayne. And so I started drinking and never looked back. And then I was like, oh shit, I can numb. I can forget about all the shit that I'm usually thinking about. I'm going to wake up and not even remember yesterday's lit. And then in my journey and my struggle to make money making music, I mean, that was a whole nother, you know, struggle. So alcohol became a way to cope. And I wouldn't remember shit. Like, I literally wouldn't remember shit. Except while I was drinking, whatever was lurking underneath came right on up. That angry little girl. And that abandoned, rejected, overweight little girl. She would creep up in, and it was just sometimes... If I'm not in a good space and I'm drinking, I become a very sad, dramatic drunk. But the the saving grace in that is that I wouldn't remember it the next day. One time, <laughs> this lady, uh, Tamara Gregory, I'll never forget, I was at a BT rap party heading for um, Real Husbands of Hollywood. And they had Cuervo, good thing on it. And I, I remember being gone. I remember being at the bar, like, yo, let me get another one. And then I went to the bathroom and locked the door. And somebody was trying to go pee, and it was Tamara. And I was just in there crying, like, what is life? And, uh, like, I don't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. I went home, slept it off. And the next day, she called me, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, girl, what's poppin'? I'm over here cooking breakfast. She was like, you don't remember last night when you were in the bathroom bawling? I'm like, um... I might have had an episode. I might have had one. (laughs) Because... Man, so many of those nights, it was a fucking blur. Because no love, no family, no money... And childhood trauma, and like all of this other shit. It's just like, girl, <laughs> you know. But this is my uh, honest, absolute truth. And thanks for tuning into that. And um, this is my first one, so I was just kind of ranting and kind of getting some shit off my chest. Um, Yeah. Thank you for listening.